0: wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money, but if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, fine. You can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. Today on the ZabeCast, well, 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 looky here, Kevin Sheehan begins our bi-weekly home and home by joining myself and Carol at the Palm for a power lunch. We talk Georgetown versus Maryland, why Coach Thompson MFing you is the highest compliment ever, and why his backstory of being a grocery tycoon is fascinating. All that plus the best summary of the entire COVID debacle yet. Your 45-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. (laughs) Here we go. Wednesday, March 10th, 2021. Thank you for downloading. Some odds and ends real quick and a little feedback. This email from John Schwab in Indianapolis. He says, Zabe, I'm an indie and I'm listening on, and I've been, my listing goes back to your days on Fox Sports Radio and would love to meet you in person with the free hugs and candy van. Like many around here, I'm curious as to what the city really looks like for the tournament. Tough to gauge how many people will actually be around. I've been looking into the ticket situation for you, and of course, for <clears throat> investment purposes. And honestly, it's a crapshoot. At the Pacers Stadium, it's a pod setup where you buy two or four tickets, and if you sell them, you have to sell them all to one person or family, and how they're going to police this, I have no idea. Assembly Hall in Bloomington has no public sales. It's only family allowed. Mackey Arena at Purdue sold their tickets to the public already. All the other venues seem looser with their restrictions, but of course, Capacity will be limited. And it's weird buying single game tickets. In the past, you'd buy for a session and see multiple games. As an investor, you hope your tickets aren't for a game with two obscure West Coast teams. Anyhow, hope you can make it. John Schwab in Indianapolis. Yes, uh, the trip remains as aspirational as ever. But. I don't know if it's looking very good. I did notice, I went to the website at the NCAA, and it, it it was like, by game one, game two, game... And I'm like, what do you mean game one? You used to get a session, which was two games. Or I believe in the early rounds, you'd get four games, right? Two in the afternoon, two in the evening, Would they clear out the building. I forget. My buddy, Rhodesy, one account, he used to go with his pals to a sub-regional, predetermined that was in a warm weather area so they could play golf as well and they would watch the tournament no matter if it was teams that they cared about or not and play golf it was a fun trip and like a lot of guys trips that you know eventually died so <laughs> hadn't done that in a while this one from tom Diar, he offered me a parking spot two blocks from hinkle if i were to come for the free hugs and candy van he said driveway or yard doesn't matter to me however They do put restrictions on access to where I live around game time, so I'm not sure if it'll actually work. Thank you, Tom. Again, this remains aspirational at best. Jason Bailey emails me to say the following. Steve, great job on Monday's pod with Andy and Solly. I was a huge fan of the sports reporters, and I miss it to this day. I just want you to know when the intro music started, it brought a huge smile to my face. I had totally forgotten about that intro. And here's a funny little tidbit. So the, uh, the song that I used with Andy and Sally, in which you hear the guy go, uh, Hey, it's called ballroom blitz. And are you ready? Andy? Hey, Steve, are you ready? And then it says somebody else, let's go. That was the intro of the sports reporters. So I thought, fun fact, one of our production guys had found a separate bite that said, Are you ready, Steve? Are you ready, Andy? and put that on top. I didn't know that was part of the song. So I I dusted, I happened to catch it by accident driving home from recording the podcast as I was listening on Apple Music. I was just sort of going to various channels, and one of the channels had that song, and I was like, <gasps> Wow, that's karma right there. The old sports reporter's intro song after I recorded Andy and Sally in the van. Anyhow, he goes on to say, Jason says, the show was tight, funny, well-produced, and sounded great. All of you played off each other in very nice ways. The three of you are pros and know how to keep things moving. Well, thank you. If you could do a Sports Reporters reboot once a month or once a week in the Free Hugs and Candy Van, that would be awesome. Insert Chris Farley bite here. The quality of your podcast is steadily, in, steadily increasing, Zabe. My voice is not increasing. I swear it's really close. Just a little bit <clears throat> today. A little bit raspy today. The addition of Carol has been great. Agreed. You'll hear her in just a minute. In-person appearances by Andy and the old Sports Reporters Mafia could raise it even further. Continue to build the audience, build the consistency. Don't change shit for stupid reasons. Don't do anything you were crushing your previous idiot management for yourself. I'll gladly keep plunking down my five bucks a month. May even be willing to part with a few more bucks if you can get some regular Sports Reporter types as rotating guests. Well, now that would be changing things, right? I don't think I'm going to change things. It it is working just fine. And I think the deal that you listeners and you subscribers have with me is a solid one that you're happy with, I'm happy with. So let's just keep growing it. So yes, you are in fact doing Morning Drive now, at least in my nondescript Blue Toyota. Pods are the way of the future. I cannot remember when I listened to quote unquote legacy radio. Hope you can find a way to make some actual money for all of these efforts. Keep up the great work. Uh, VR, uh, very respectably, very, very, V slash R. I've seen that before. V slash R. Very, very respectably, I guess. Jason Bailey, thank you. Before I get to uh, the podcast with Sheehan and Carol, a quick texting conundrum. Apparently, my daughter's phone now no longer gets text messages specifically from one other person in her address book. Can you guess who that is? Uh, is it you, Zabe? No. Even worse, my wife. Somehow, some way, when my wife tries to text my daughter, just goes out into the ether. See you later. I sat with the two phones, I text to my daughter, goes right through. She texted me, goes right through. Daughter texts the mom, it goes right through. Mom tries to text the daughter. <sighs> what in the living hell is that? If anybody has any idea before I spend an hour on hold with Verizon or Apple support, let me know because that could be a real root canal project tomorrow if i don't get it fixed all right i trapped kevin sheehan inside the free hugs and candy van and he was suitably impressed and comfortable in there with carol a longtime friend of his and colleague and we riffed on a variety of subjects over an hour-long chat that really went by like it was 10 minutes So you're one. on three. That's all I need to know.
1: But you, I want him to oh, be able to. Oh, hear- your
2: own drink? I've got drinks down on there. three. Yeah, but do you have alcohol in here? No. Oh, well, that's a problem. I have no alcohol. <laughs> Where's no. some Tito's and soda for us?
0: <laughs>
1: we I'll should a do beer. a night pod.
2: Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Pod party.
2: Oh, yeah. Now Carol's talking. Actually, you got to do a, a happy hour. How fun would happy hour be? Right here.
3: What
1: the hell? We need
2: more friends. The van's only so big, <laughs> right? Right. And, and I look, think notice how he's elevated himself into a position of power. <laughs> I mean, you're you're a solid six inches taller, yeah, right it's, now.
0: Asserting my um, like dominance as the host of this show, <laughs> yeah. You, you notice that? It's
2: making up for you know shorter lengths in <laughs> <than> other areas. <laughs> Are those? Seats? What am I looking you're gonna at? You're going to need
1: here? a light because of his uh, hat. I'm sorry to be your producer. Again. I just
2: came. Look, this is what I wore. It's okay. This you have a 4:30. hat, but
1: his face is going to be all dark.
2: I didn't bring my light. In
1: your hat. Okay, well, that's fine. You guys just know that.
2: If I take my cap off, it's, you know. It's fine. It's, it's worse than, well, actually, it's not worse than this. Fuck you. <laughs> You're just as bald as I am. Where actually, do you get off saying that? Actually, I don't think I am as bald. I actually <laughs> have, I have some hair on this.
1: Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah, you do. I just keep it You both do. You just have it, like, high and tight. I
2: just keep it purposefully high and tight.
1: Okay, listen.
2: I yes. go this egg. is a
1: true story, and I don't want to, like, hijack your show. It's your show. Yeah. But my friend, Keith Ergo, do you know him?
2: Yeah, the coach at Penn State. Yeah,
1: assistant coach at Penn State's been their number one re- coach. He's a recruiter. How He's do you know great him, guy.
2: Well, I know what the, all the Ergos are from here. Christina
1: well, is the only girl out of 10 kids. She's one of my best friends. I would say my best friend. I don't we're know We are well, tennis partners. I
2: know Kevin, obviously. Yeah. Um, so Keith a bit. is
1: uh, Penn State. He used to be at Villanova. Yeah. He showed up in town. For the Maryland Penn State game over the weekend, I didn't see him Saturday night because it was like got together with some family and stuff. Hair.
2: What he's got too much hair? No, or he has
1: hair, hair now. He grew his hair, oh, and it. he's got a product. He has a full head of hair. I thought he was completely bald. We spent really? time at the beach last summer. He is a completely bald guy with hair. I'm not kidding. Hold on. So a everybody call Keith Ergo at Penn State if you want to know why he grew. He was Plugs?
0: that. No. No. So Rogan. I
1: don't know what he did. So you have
2: to Kevin, call... as a fellow proud, bald American, apparently it's a result of the Pfizer vaccine. <laughs> if you go <laughs> Pfizer instead of Moderna, you grow hair. You know, Keith is going to be a head coach one of these days. Oh,
1: it should have already happened.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. got a great story. I don't care story. about that. Let's
0: talk about his hair. <laughs> so you're telling me there is a... I'm topical, telling you. A, ...a topical intervention, not plugs, uh, that can give a full head of hair once your follicles go dark. Would you really want it. a full head of hair Fuck at this point? Yeah. As Costanza said... No. Seinfeld,
2: I'm a player now, Jerry. Play I'm the video playa. clip. Yeah. Play the video clip. Okay, all right. I, I, I totally... And what would you do with that new head of hair if you had one? <laughs> do you Good. really think you'd be more desirable? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you would be. I actually think there's a little bit of, you know, sort of maturity and clean sort of cut look. What are you doing? Why are you putting all these cards? Oh.
1: I'm trying to get him uh,
2: on. God, look at what you got going on here, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: she, where where is it with it? Oh, it's a whole montage.
1: Clip. I know. I want to, I bed. want you to play the clip I sent you of you.
0: Oh yeah, okay, I could do that. Sorry,
1: we weren't sharing a brain there.
0: All right. Anyway, um, let's get this back on track, Kevin. How much Sheehan.
2: more attractive would Zay be with hair? Seriously. I have video proof. Okay. I don't believe it. He doesn't it. want
1: to play it for some reason. Look at his face.
2: No, no, I just need to find it here. I,
1: I emailed it to you.
2: All right,
0: don't let the, don't let the balloon fall to the okay, ground while I look for it. You can just Say a- something edit this meantime. out. Wow, you uh. get some very
2: interesting email uh, contacts in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see, now that's the thing, showing this on the Jumbotron. <laughs> so here we go, March of 92, ah, Kevin. Santa Barbara's best.
0: Look at this young fella. Hold on. have never won a playoff game, and since there are no ties in
2: the I don't know how you weren't on Channel Four for all these years. Right?
1: That's what I said.
2: <laughs> Vintage '92 have... NFL highlights. So how old Randall are you Cunningham here? slinging it. It's a playoff
0: game. Derek Barnett.
2: Um, so there you, know you go. What? You actually look really good there. Yeah. And, and 23 years, years old. I know, but you're you're doing a hell of a job too. Ah, did you ever a have a gig as a TV sportscaster? Never. I did briefly. For Channel 21 in Montgomery County. When I decided to get back into this business after many years of not being in it, I went to Channel 21 and there was a guy named Brandy Sims. Do you know Brandy? Do you remember Brandy? No. Brandy worked for Montgomery County Cablevision for forever. And I walked in and I told the news director that I needed a gig on TV because I thought I might want to be on TV. And he said, talk to Brandy Sims. And I said, hey, Brandy, the guy, the news director, told me that I start today and that I'm, I'm covering some event that you need me to go out and cover.
1: You lied.
2: And he just sent me out with some cameraman. You and totally
1: it's, lied and, your way into a job. For,
2: for two months, I did Channel 21 stuff.
3: That's
1: hilarious. I was
2: terrible on television. I do you, doubt that. Do you regret that. not pursuing
0: it like your buddy, Scotty Van Pelt? No. I, I, I mean, I,
2: like, I love doing
0: what I do. But you, you wouldn't trade it for a television. No, trailer. what I wanted
2: to do is I wanted to do play-by-play. That's when I left sort of the world of non-broadcasting and came back into it. I wanted to be a play-by-play guy. And then I somehow think- I ended up doing updates at this station that we worked for forever. Yeah, somehow. And it led to something else.
0: Uh, Kevin Sheehan is in the Free Hugs and Candy van. Are, uh, are, team 980 in D.C. Now? Yeah. Okay. Team 980 in D.C., Morning Drive. You know him from there. The Kevin Sheehan podcast. The home and home has been agreed to once every two weeks. Overwhelming demand. So that's going to happen. So in Once two every weeks,
2: two weeks. What did you think? Every well, week? Well, you suggested once a month. We would do <laughs> We would do home. See how Alabama's already backing out <laughs> of no. the arrangement with Notre Dame? I'm just very surprised that you didn't say, we agreed to a home and home once every six months because that's the way you usually roll. Uh, we would have gone oh, from oh, once a go, month Carol. to once every six months, fact, and you went the uh, other way. I'm very surprised. You guys surprised. made some
1: agreement without me? What's I'm going on? I'm very
2: surprised. <laughs> Carol's like, wait, where's my taste? <laughs> So you'd
1: go on each other's podcasts.
2: Zabe was on last week, and he offered up a home and home. And those of us that have worked with Zabe for many, many years. Uh, Oh, God. There we go. Zabe is is an ideas guy. He's very creative, as you know. He's got great ideas. And by the way, he usually sees them through. But I think a lot of us that have worked with Zabe over the years would say that if he has a flaw, it's that he doesn't always see things through. True. And so when he offered the home and home the other day, I said, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. And you know what? Here we Less go. than here a week we later, here we are. But you agreed Good to the job. first. Good
0: job. Thank you. You agreed to the first road date. And that's always key because we know the Maryland-Georgetown home and home <laughs> got killed for how many years? Because 17? Gary felt like oh, he was owed a home game yeah. in College Park.
2: Yeah, well, the funny thing about that is when they agreed to play that game in 1993, November of 1993, the day after Thanksgiving, which Coach would always tell me when I would argue with him in the bullpen, why would I ever want to fucking play Maryland? That'd be Coach Thompson. Mother, motherfucker. He, you know, <laughs> are we allowed to cuss? Yes. <laughs> because, you know, it was a term of endearment with with Coach. If he oh, yeah. called you motherfucker, be, boy. you were yeah. one of his guys. Motherfucker, why would we want to play Maryland? When we played you guys at USA Arena, <laughs> the arena wasn't even sold out. And I said to him, Coach, it was the day after Thanksgiving. It was a noon game. Actually, it was like 11 a.m. It started, and it was with Maryland coming off probation. It was Joe Smith's first game at Maryland. There were, do you remember the capacity at Capital Center? Uh, 19,035. Oh yeah, seventeen five for hockey, nineteen and change. Nineteen hoops. and change for for hoops, and yes. there were seventeen thousand there at 11 a.m. But he claimed not a sellout. The problem was is that fourteen of the seventeen. We're rooting for Maryland in his home arena. Why right. do we even care you what know? happened
1: in 1993 as part of the rivalry? Now they just played each other in 2017. Right? Yeah,
2: but it was they, dark. Yeah. The point is, the point is, is that homes. Gary wanted a game after that game at US Air Arena at Cole Field House, and yes. Big and John was like, said, nah. "No, now Big John got... Hawaii Hilo on deck.
0: <laughs> I don't need Maryland. <laughs> I, got,
2: I got Saint Leo's There's coming Saint up. Saint Leo's
0: guaranteed win. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> did you say to Thompson?" Look, motherfucker! You need. A... Did you ever motherfuck him?
2: Oh, never, 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 motherfucker. Back, but I always knew that when he called me motherfucker, it was a term of endearment. Yeah. Absolutely, and, and and I loved those years of being in that building with him every day because he really was no, he a was treasure. Great. He really was, great. and and he would always hang out in the bullpen and mm-hmm. shoot the shit with everybody. But really, the the Georgetown Maryland thing stemmed from Lefty and John. Lefty and John played each other. In 1979, at the D- DC Armory, and got into an MFR argument at the <laughs> scores table. And Thompson beat Lefty that day. And Lefty had played Georgetown throughout the 70s and always beat the shit out of him, pretty much. Yeah. And Georgetown won that game that night. They played later on that year in the Sweet 16. Georgetown won a game, and Georgetown cut it off. Yeah, that was it. And that was and it, it.
0: Stayed it stayed dark until, until what Until that year? game in 1993. No, but between 93 and when did it get resurrected? Uh, well, Not
2: formally, not formally, because they played in the tournament. They Mer- played in the Sweet 16. The year we that missed, Mer- we th-
0: missed the first eight minutes of it because the other game went long, and even though I had the direct TV package, mm-hmm. they were only popping back and forth. Do you oh. remember that?
2: One of the worst things about the NCAA tournament back then, before they split it into all these different networks, would, would show the game start to finish. Yeah. Remember, you would sit there and you'd watch your team all year long, and then in its biggest game... You could miss eight minutes. Mm-hmm. I was irate. I'm I was like, irate, too. I'm like,
0: because I'm paying for the the package, yeah. mm-hmm. which is now free, obviously. So, yeah, so it stayed dark. They'd not
2: played each other for how many years? Uh, you know, after that game in 93, they didn't play again until that Sweet 16 game. And then there was another. And then there was another November in Orlando. They played at Xfinity. Oh, they played in Orlando. And and then then in 2015, JT Three and Turge said, "Let's do this thing." It was part of the Gavit game. Yeah, and they played at first. They played at Xfinity. Yeah, and the next year they played um, at MCI or Capital One. Right. And And then it and now it's gone away again. Apparently, though, this past year, without COVID, there was a decent chance. Of Maryland and Georgetown playing before the schedules got okay. messed up. That may have been a late ad because I think Patrick is okay with playing it. So about our home and home, yeah, I will come
0: to Maryland in your studio. I assume you have a home studio yes. suitable. And I will do your podcast in your studio.
2: You don't every... have to. You can
0: just zoom in. Nope. I want quality. <laughs> I will come out because I got to take the van to Maryland to pick up some things. i got going to talk about it. All right. <laughs> that's none of that's none of nobody's business. So after this, it's so on me for the return date within so two weeks or within no, a month. I want to do it every week. You and I should talk. Your place, my place. Your place, my place. The demand is overwhelming. It's what good happened for to both the radio bus. thing?
2: Huh? What happened to the radio thing?
0: What radio thing? Remember? Oh, and come on your radio show, and I well, will also no, hold on, add that hold on. in. You,
2: you, should were, you guys do this
1: off air or, or you, off tape? Just you, wondering. You, just this is good inside information. We're all thrilled, this sounds like kind of an Carol's, off-tape Carol's, conversation.
0: Carol's getting bored right now. She doesn't feel like she's involved.
1: <laughs> I don't mind listening. I'm sure all the people you know who what? are listening to your podcast,
2: I want, get this. I want to know, know how. I want to know works. what you think of Drake and what the possibilities oh, are yeah. in the tournament. All right, good. By the way, the best athlete in this van by far. <laughs> yeah, um, Drake. What year? Oh, I don't want to date yourself.
1: Yeah, thank
0: you. So a, I almost told thing. you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> think you're, I'll tell you this. Don't think you're not 32 anymore.
1: I'll tell you this. Last week for lunch, I thought, I'm going to do something different, and I have to borrow his reading glasses to look at the menu, yeah. and that's just happened. So. Um.
0: <laughs> but she called Galdi and I, quote, bitches. And well, they were talking about the up. the
1: radio business, and they were both bitching about
0: belly aching about yeah it.
1: about how nine eighty and then getting let go. I'm sorry, I know that they're still paying you, um, and uh, and literally, I was just like, you guys sound like a couple of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and it's well, true.
2: It's also very inside too. Well, and people, people love do the love the
1: inside, but it's one of those things where, and I know for from my perspective, yeah. um, yeah, I'm glad I had it. I, I don't want to sit there and bellyache that it's gone. A lot of different reasons and things happened. I'm still trying to process what got me here and why I didn't do weather casting. But I still think, like, it <laughs> yeah. the, at the core of it, we I'm happy that I did it. Well, good. Yeah. yeah. And you, go. you guys didn't don't sound be like- sad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't be sad it's over. Be happy it happened. That's a Taylor Swift saying. And guess what? It doesn't fucking oh pay God. your credit card bills, okay? <laughs> the-, the-, the Ian <laughs> were not bitching. We were lamenting the end of our careers. Uh, Oh, you were talking a little bit more serious than just bitching about. (laughs) "Eh, I'm not on the radio anymore. Okay, but the reason I want to nail this down, then move on to more important things, is that this helps cement things that we're doing this on the record before God and the podcast.
1: I'm gonna write it down.
0: I think, Kevin, I'd like to come on your show every other week. You come on mine every other week, and then I will. I'll come on your radio show once a week for 15 minutes. I'll find time. Done. 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 We, huzzah, I mean, huzzah. Kevin Sheehan in the van right now, Redskins for Life, born and raised, basketball junkie, recovering gambling degenerate, <laughs> recovering. Pioneer, pioneer of the smell test, University of Maryland running mate of SVP, former grocery store delivery tycoon, <laughs> and former offshore gambling expert. Yeah. You hate to talk about yourself, but I do like your grocery store background. Are you willing to share that with our I, listeners a I am, bit? but
2: but I am uh, two things. Number one, Zabe quotes way too many young Pop singers all the time. Lyrics from Taylor Swift and all you know. Mama all, the, all of He's these. He's a girl, Dad. Yeah, I know. And then, secondly, before we get into me, has Carol ever told you one of the most chilling and incredible stories I have ever heard? I don't even
1: know what you're talking about.
2: Iowa City, Iowa. Uh huh. And Jody.
1: Oh, not really. Not funny. It was Mason City,
2: uh, Mason City, no. Iowa. But, but one of your
1: th- one of your listeners,
0: oh
2: yeah, emailed the colleague that. who was abducted and murdered, right? Do you guys
1: really want to talk about that? i mean, we're uh, yeah, here for you. Can
2: I just tell you something? I'll never forget that night when you told me that whole story. I, it was riveting, yeah. and I then did a deep dive for about six hours. What was oh, right, you colleague's went down name? the rabbit hole, huh? Yeah, the colleague's I went down name the rabbit was hole. Jody. Jody.
1: So, and it's funny because a listener said, "Is that Carol?" She worked said she worked at KIMT. So KIMT is this very small. T- television station it was my first full-time job i just got out of college and uh i and i'd been there a couple of months and i was training to produce for jody which meant you did updates What's to your, last jody name? who's in truth okay jody who's in truth was the morning anchor and um it, uh so june 27th on her way to work at 4 a.m she was running late the producer called her and said where are you and this happened a lot oh my god i just woke up i'll be right there uh, it was kind of her level of protection if she overslept. She got in the shower, probably. This is what she always did it. Jumped, ran to work with wet hair because she write her stuff. Well, <clears throat> she never showed up. So the producer, who also was supposed to do the updates, ended up having to produce, anchor the morning show, and do the update. She was so busy. She kept calling. No one answered. She's like, ah, oh, she fell back asleep. And uh, by, like, uh, the show's ends, 830, still hasn't showed up, hasn't called. She calls the police. Um, the police go to her apartment. I show up to work right at nine. I get sent with a camera to her apartment because the police are there, and um, like the keys are in her door, and stuff from her bag is all over the parking lot, oh, and she's
2: that's bad she's scene disappeared,
1: right there. and uh, she's never been found.
2: Never been found. Still, to this day, there's yeah. a lot of deep dive stuff on all that. I know. I know. I. Know, I, know. I But every time, I just didn't know if you had ever told him the story, because it's the kind of story he would love.
0: I'm sorry. Don't don't (laughs) tell
2: me the stories I
0: would love. That's a horrible story. Well, you
2: love. I do. Listen. I love love airplane crash stories. You, me, and Buck. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) I'm sorry I took over that, but I will tell you that it's had a traumatic experience. I know it has. And I believe in the boogeyman. And and I had it that day. I'm the reporter on the scene. So if you watch any of the stuff. You had
0: to report on your own colleague's disappearance. Yeah.
1: Oh, no, for three. months um that day i did the live shots i did the 10 o'clock in the newsroom so the story eventually became about us, and we all got interviewed by the FBI. Right. And it was three months of where is Jody. We did nothing else as a small t- TV station. This is Mason City, Iowa. We didn't lock our doors. We didn't. Yeah. So the next day after she was disappeared, my boss is like, I want you to fill in for her tomorrow. So here I am leaving my apartment building at 2.30 in the morning with no sleep. I had just been in the 10 o'clock. I come out of my apartment building, and the police are there. I got a police escort to work for the first, yeah. like, three months. Yeah,
0: because It was like yeah. when we went to work during the D. Sniper zigzagging to our car. Well, it's sucking at the gas. It's still a cold case. It's
1: still a cold case. So, when the three billboards outside Ebbings, Missouri, that movie, yeah, I saw that. um, They did that with Jody. They started putting billboards up to try to like.
0: No suspect. Oh, there's been
1: lots of suspects, but
0: But nothing that. The number
1: one suspect is somebody that I knew, that I've talked to, that I've interviewed. His name's John Van Size, and he was, we called him her sugar daddy, because he he was was like older, older, named his boat after her, loved her, but he has. Not, I don't want an alibi because I think he was sleeping, but he's past polygraphs. And so I just, hmm. I just, everyone thinks it's him. And I just, I saw him the day coming out of the police station when he was interviewed. Yeah. And I just, I don't think it was him.
0: Anyway, Kevin, Sorry. Went, Kevin went to Maryland and did broadcasting early on and then said, you know what? I'd like to get people delivery
2: groceries. <laughs> How do I do this? So you yeah.
0: started. What was the precursor to Peapod, which is a giant uh, food product now?
2: Peapod is a huge, you know, company owned by um, the company that owns Giant, okay. and 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 a lot of other supermarkets um, across the country. And my company and Peapod were the two first. What was your companies. Um, It was a company called first of it was a company called Shoppers Express, and then it was Shopping Alternatives. But we morphed into Streamline.com, which was. A combination of a Boston competitor and my company. We put the two together, and it was Streamline and Peapod, and this company Webvan that came along later. Okay, anybody that's ever what followed this, this space, this is essentially the mid 96? to late '90s into the early two thousand. Internet
0: came to be a thing about '96. Yeah, but people. when we
2: started, we did catalog-based grocery shopping where Get people out. ordered through. We had a telemarketing center. They ordered on the phone I or need by a fax. Dozen eggs. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> a disaster.
3: <laughs> that's not the, the thick kind. Right.
2: (laughs) But the reason we got supermarket chains all over the country to pay us for that service. And then we sold ads in the catalogs to food manufacturers. Sookie Sookie, you were riding high. But 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 anyway, the, the internet came along and we decided to go warehouse direct to the customer. Which was sort of the Amazon model, right. you know, of doing you were books. were a mini Amazon. Well, we were one of the players early on. Amazon was just doing books then. You know right. that he had just founded the company, and grocery was considered, believe it or not, in like the mid '90s to be the the holy grail. It was going to be this big, massive e-commerce retail industry because gro- the grocery- everyone needs to eat. Because the grocery industry by by itself is one of the massive, biggest retail industries. And even if you got 2%, 1% right. of the people to shop this way, it was going to be a many-billion-dollar industry. But the irony is there is no single
0: national grocery chain that blankets all 48 contiguous states.
2: Correct? Yes. Yeah, it's Safe a way, very Safe Kroger, thing. Safeway and Kroger probably have... Ahold, which is the company that owns Giant, as a big Dutch supermarket company, they're one of the biggest in the world. If you took all of their subsidiaries in the U.S., you know, Giant and First National and Cleveland and all of them, they cover a big part of of the United States. Um, But Safeway's probably, I'm, I'm out of the business for so long, but I do remember supermarket chains by market. Well, of course. yeah, And, and they're so, all different,
0: Carol, as we've yeah. been around the country, you know? There's only Piggly Wigglies in the South. Yeah. There's Price Choppers in the Northeast. There's Harris Teeter in the Mid-Atlantic. You're naming you know? all of my former clients.
2: I know. So, I, and- for, for 10 years, 8 to 10 years, I called on supermarket chains. And I was on a plane Monday morning and, and didn't come back till Friday night for about 8 to 10 years. <laughs> oh, and, and called on every supermarket chain in America. Yeah. I mean, I could tell you every major city and all of the competitors right, throughout right, the right, 90s. Right. Right. Do you have a
1: b- before and after moment where it was that, like, I guess the moment of truth where you had to put your own money or you had to, like, make that decision? Is there one singular moment? In that process where you were like, that was the make yeah. or break about moment. Yeah, I'm holy
0: shit, like, holy shit. I'm, I'm just writing to, this check I'm about for I'm to put everything. this much money into this. I don't know
2: if I'm ever going to get it well, well, How I, much
1: money I, did you put into it? Well, it wasn't,
2: <laughs> we, we raised a lot of money. I mean, we raised a lot of capital back o- then. especially baby. Especially in that internetretail.com, you know, era of like the late 90s, 2000s. It streamlined. We ended up raising in private capital $70 million and then we went public and raised another 60 when we went public in 2000. We went public in June of 99, actually. Our biggest investor was Nordstrom. Nordstrom invested $40 million into the company because there was a real feeling that demographically their customer and our customer was the same. And they had all these big ideas of how we were going to leverage each other's customer yeah. bases. The real irony of it is is that as we and others during that dot-com craze of the late 90s were out raising obscene amounts of private capital and even going public with ridiculous valuations – we really didn't have much revenue. <laughs> well, that's like, like a the, lot of companies. Yeah, like the we'll business. We'll worry about the
0: revenue later. Yeah,
2: We're trying to build size. Yeah, but I, having been in it, You know, I remember, you know, and when we became a public company meeting with like the analysts, you know, at Goldman and Morgan and all these different that would come into like our warehouses and ask lots of questions and they never asked the right questions. And I always knew that I wasn't going to tell them which questions to ask, but the real question should have been from the get go back then does anybody use this? <laughs> Is there actual demand for it? Because the idea that there would be demand for it seems so obvious. You everybody know, everybody go online, to shop for your groceries, have them delivered. And older people, people are busy. We always call them busy suburban families. B.S.F., you know, busy suburban families BSFs. were our number one target because they really were, first of all, those that would order lots the average transaction would be like 140 bucks right and they were higher margin product and you could start to sell them a lot of different things potentially down the road but anyway to make a long story short we had no volume like nobody was really using it that's so funny like in in la when we were uh, vons vons and and um, Lucky's were our two big clients Lucky's and there. ralph's was another one that came around later but like in the entire la metro area in 1995 we were probably doing like, hundred and fifty orders a day. That's yeah, it, huh? That was it. That but was you, it. But you existed. You were building infrastructure,
0: and you were and the manufacturers, the, idea. the
2: food manufacturers, right. the CPGs, the consumer goods companies were paying us. Ah, got For it. ad space. They were right. also giving us, back then, what was called R&D dollars, rather than case movement dollars. So they didn't care how many cases we were moving. They just wanted to learn. It's all research. About, yeah, yeah, it was all R&D. You so, know, if
1: I could just transport myself back to that time, I would have told you that idea is so stupid, because the internet was so slow. I'd rather look at the paper to find out when the movie was. It was the was. worst
2: application the, to shop for.
1: I wanted to <laughs> yeah. look at a paper to find out movie times, because I didn't want to dial up. Yeah. Here's and, the internet back then. Beep. <laughs>
0: right.
2: Yeah. It, and it was, you're logged on. So it you was, really
1: did a belief in the whole idea and the technology that was about the, to There happen. was
2: like, um, there definitely became a point towards the end where I remember thinking ultimately, you have to be able to take an order, fill an order, and deliver an order and turn a profit on that order for it to be a real business. Yeah. And we were losing so much money with every order we filled, and we were making it up with the advertising, but eventually it was all going to come together. If there wasn't enough customer demand, it probably wasn't going to have legs. We were 20 years before our time, because now, now look at it now. Right, but who is going to be the ultimate player in the end? Amazon like they are with everything, Yeah, with everything. Yeah, and they'll yeah. they'll drone you your, your groceries. <laughs> yeah, and if and if we had if we'd come around 10 years, 15 years later, right, and launched this kind of thing and the market was still there in terms of the investment opportunities and people, you know, throwing, you know, basically lots of capital at almost any dumb idea, right, sure. We may have had a much better chance, but I remember those days like was there were there days where uh, yeah, there were days where it was like there's no demand, and nobody's asking me the, the key question. Which is there is, demand? Yeah. What, you know, so who's going to use this? Yeah. Who's like, using this? Like, okay, you can fill an order, you can take an order, fill an order, deliver an order. And boy, this is really cool yeah. because you can, in front of a, a, a woman who, or a family um, who buys Huggies, you can put a Pampers ad right in front of them online yeah. before yeah. they buy Huggies. And that was really valuable. Yeah, Now we're just incepting people with Huggies. (laughs) It was (laughs) pre-point of purchase.
1: You're about to think about diapers. Here you go. I
2: I need Huggies. I I don't even have a baby anymore. I need Huggies. It was pre-point of purchase, which didn't exist in the store. So you couldn't influence in the store without these coupons that you would get after the fact. My dad would love
0: to sit down with you because he is a... Grocery store aficionado. <laughs> Every new city yeah. we go to, we go to the beach. He loves going to the new grocery stores. He knows about all the deals. He loves to grocery shop. I never use the delivery for the grocery because I like going to grocery stores. I do, too. It's I an do enjoyable too. thing. Yeah. I, do too. I I roll down the aisle, Carol, and I think of the fucking abundance in this country that there are six different types of orange juice. <laughs> Pulp, yeah. no pulp, some pulp, right. kind of pulp, yeah. and I think, god
2: damn, no sugar, fifty percent sugar, right. <laughs> yeah, just a all. A little of them. mango. This has, right. mango
1: yeah. this has mango
0: in it. Responsibly sourced, and I'm like, god, what's your favorite
2: is- aisle in a supermarket? Hmm. Bakery, because it smells so good. <laughs> so like the cookies aisle. Cookies. Yeah, that's a good one. All the bad I stuff. I like the cereal aisle. That's a good but one. But the thing that's
0: crazy is when you're when you're having people fill out, you know, okay, they're shopping for you, which every place does now, people are so particular about the brand, and you got to get this kind with this label, and there's coming so many different flavors. It seems like a huge pain in the ass that most... Outfits would have a hard time fulfilling, but I guess they do.
2: Yeah, now I mean, you know, it's much easier. Like if you shop from Peapod, their application for shopping online is great. Safeway has a really good one. Every supermarket chain, pretty much now in the country, does this. Yeah, I hear they right. offer it either on their own or through somebody. All right, we're thirty. I, have we're two 30 minutes. Minutes. I want yeah. to do two. We're
0: thirty minutes in, and this is now a grocery podcast.
2: I'm
1: yeah. so we've <laughs> sorry to about run. that. It's I'm gonna dragging. give you two two tips. I want you guys to know for life. Yeah. Number one is to shop the edges. Just shop the edges of every grocery store. It's where the stuff comes the from the earth. Are? No, oh. the edges. Like, that's where the either it's <laughs> uh, stuff from the earth, right. the dairy, the, right. the meats, the, right. the, frozen the bakery. frozen pizza comes Don't, from th- the earth. All that processed stuff, process stuff is in the middle. So no, if you're not. trying to be healthy.
0: DiGiorno's pizza is on the edge of my Harris Teeter. I know exactly where you know how poorly the edges. he eats. Oh, that's not get into stuff. that. <laughs> and the
1: other thing is, if you are doing a grocery store delivery, which I do, and you need it in a hurry, you just at you know you give a good tip, like ten bucks, and they'll somebody will pick up your okay. your stuff like that. Like I need something right. like right now instead right. of putting it in a pile. So those I are my two. One of these stores.
2: days, you'll just give me a market, and I'll rip off the top three in each city. But we're not doing that today. That'll be a future podcast. Oklahoma City, go. Uh, Oklahoma City, I will tell you, it's May's Drug Stores. Okay. Um, Smith's was there. Albertson's was there. Winn-Dixie's uh, was there. Um, right. Kroger was in Oklahoma City. All right. Milwaukee. Well, Milwaukee had... Um... Sendix, pick and save, Woodman's. Hold on, hold on. Uh, what was the first... <laughs> Send- Sendix. Send- Sendix was a client of ours briefly. They were the big... No, Sentry. Sentry. Okay. I don't know if there's. It was Century Foods. Okay. All right. Enough of that shit. Exactly.
0: Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh no! 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 Speaking of money and investment (laughs) and looking forward, Dak Prescott just got his new deal. You think he's worth it? Well, no, but he got it. Yeah. Here's why he's worth it, and this is you as a businessman know this concept. I just read about it once. The opportunity cost of not having a quarterback is too steep in the NFL. So the notion of, yeah, we're going to let him go, and then we're going to start over with we don't know who is unpalatable to anyone who currently has a guy, Yeah, right? The only team that did it was the Redskins, our Redskins with Kirk, because he got too expensive, but they had a replacement in Alex Smith ready to come in. But this is why I have a guy who's a Bear fan, and he swears they're going to get Russell Wilson. And I'm like, the Easter Bunny's not coming. You're not getting Russell Wilson. (laughs) He's like, no, I really think they're going to do it. And I go, so Seattle's going to get out of the Russell Wilson business and
2: get into the what? The uh, Geno Smith business? No chance. It's what Houston's facing. Like, why would you ever trade Deshaun Watson see the, I think it's a slightly different conversation so with do Dak. you like the deal with Dak or no it's too much um, but they waited too long well yeah I mean you have to in the NFL when it comes to the quarterback position get more ahead than of any it. other you have to have some vision and you got to get ahead of it which of course this organization did not have no even no matter what you think of Kirk they should have signed him and they should have had some vision that he was good enough yeah um Dak is not Deshaun Watson but he's really good it's a lot of money for him. They just effed it up because they didn't do it early. Right. But I'm with you on the whole quarterback thing because I would offer anything to get Deshaun Watson, including Chase Young. And I would hate Ooh, it because he's one Darryl. of my he's my favorite player.
1: Tell Darryl. me one free agent quarterback that was picked it, up via trade where a team had to mortgage their future with giving away a lot Tom, of their Tom, talent.
2: Tom Brady. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he he
1: walked away. They didn't give him anything.
2: No, but he. No, they, they didn't they have I'm just, sorry, free agent. I meant their. a
1: traded. T- traded for a quarterback that worked out for but, that franchise but
2: see it's really it not, never happens Carol. It, it, it it's it's a totally unique situation no if Deshaun watson gets traded it's never happened there's no comp for it there's yeah. none it, it, never, only the, only the that's scrubs. not true
1: bledsoe was traded no at
2: 25 years old deshaun watson is de- is debatably a top five to top six quarterback if you want to have him at number seven whatever he's an elite quarterback he's 25 he's got his deal done He's signed for the next four years, and he, he's just starting to enter his prime. Yeah. It's never happened you, before. You can't get those guys. They don't come available. Which is why I don't think Houston will trade him.
0: No, and I don't think Russell Wilson's leaving either. Neither the, do I. Seahawks. I just
1: can't believe that Jerry Jones, who bought the entire franchise, right, for what, uh, less than what he's paying and the, and the yeah, money he has that's for, true. for what Dak did he, what, what
2: did he pay for them in 1988 or whatever? He paid uh, like, it was considered to I be, haven't... here's Jerry Jones.
0: When I look back at my life, I overpaid for my big successes every time. And when I tried to get a bargain, get a little cheaper, a little bit better deal on it, yeah. I ended up usually either getting getting it and not happy I got it or missing it. <laughs>
1: 89, he uh, bought it for 140 Look at and Terrell's he just, homework. He that's just... Awesome. Sign DAC for 160.
2: You know what that reminds me of? You know who was in on the skins in 99? The learners. Mm. And the learners had a price that they were not going to go above. And I think it was 600 and something million. Like they had it down to the nickel yeah. of what they would pay. And when it went to 800 million, which is what Snyder paid for it, right? It was right. $800 million. Right. It was well over yep. their number. Yep. But, look, they've had a lot of success, but if they had gone to a billion dollars for the franchise, they'd be able to sell it today for close to
0: five. That's that's having vision and balls to see that they're not making any more of these items. They are printing presses due to television, and you get in when you can get in. You buy
2: what you can and watch... It goes straight to the moon. You
1: guys are not even mentioning Dak's health, which I thought was gonna at least look price. But it was the, the only
2: injury he played sixteen games the yeah. first four years of his career. But you're you're I mean, that's always gonna be the the risk. So what would be um, a would I mean, be a good, but they made him a, the second highest more, paid
1: quarterback right now with I know with right. the deal it's like what, seventy five million for next year, but really his salary is forty million next year. So it'll be right under Mahomes forty five million.
0: So what would be a bargain price for Dak? I don't thirty million? $10 million less? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you're asking. You should have what...
1: gotten a deal done before you started tagging well, him and, and
0: that's getting late. a little. That's, yeah. So the, yeah, the, question, the question became then, are you going to get out of the Dak Prescott business, who's very good on the field and great off the field. He's like the consummate face of the franchise, you know, marketable. He handles his shit well. He never gets into these little tiffs that modern players get into. So you had to pay the price, and they did. So, there you go.
2: You know what? They're going to be a good team if they stay healthy. Yes. Really good. But it's only worth it if they actually contend for the Super Bowl with him and his deal. If I had an elite What's, quarterback. That's
0: a great question. What is contending, in your opinion? Um, you,
2: you got to go farther than they've gone in the last, you know, since Jimmy. Is
0: getting to the second weekend in the
2: playoffs, no, quote, it isn't. No, third weekend. you got to get to the championship game. For that contract huh. to make it worthwhile. Did the Titans contend when they lost to the Chiefs
0: two years ago in the AFC title game? They did. Did anyone see them contending to start the year? Nope. Did the Browns contend for it this year? No. Okay, because they only got to the second round. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, so you don't know when you're going to contend, guys. Teams sneak up. The Jaguars contended; they were leading the Patriots by ten on they the road, had a chance in the
2: fourth quarter. But they really are. They and the tight and the Titans are sort of the aberration to do it without. Yeah, you know, you see it coming or without the elite quarterback.
1: I would say contending is a season full of hope and promise, something we haven't had in a, as long as I've been here.
2: Contending here is a different definition. <laughs> <laughs> right. Seven and nine and making a a playoff in a bad division. Hey, we can. Attended. Yeah. All right.
0: Carol has three questions.
2: Okay. Time for right.
0: it's Carol time.
2: Is this a, a segment? I'm gonna three, come up with three, three questions, questions. I get to take over from Carol. Here we um,
1: go. Number one, what do you guys pod? You're both hosts of very successful podcasts. What do you guys listen on the pod?
2: What What podcasts do we mm-hmm. listen to? Mm-hmm. I've been listening to um, two podcasts. One is Brian Baumgartner from The Office, Kevin Malone in The Office, had (laughs) the history of The Office, and now he's doing these one-on-one deep dives with all of the characters, Mm -hmm. and I've been walking my dog every night listening to each one of those episodes, Um, and I have listened to The Office Ladies, it's my all-time favorite shorts, it's up there, um, with me too. with Jenna Fisher and Angela Kinsey, but I've gotten off that one. It's a bit too girly for me. to listen too, to chatty. It, too chatty, too much. I was wearing
0: that skirt, and it was and exactly. I'm like, I'm like sweetheart. So you've
2: been listening to it. I'm like sweetheart. I don't give a shit about the skirt. <laughs> me too.
0: Please talk about the how show. you shot the scene with Dwight Schrute. Exactly. More of that. They also don't use hardly that's what any.
1: That's the fast forward button is for. But go ahead.
0: They they also don't <laughs> use hardly any clips, which is disappointing, and I think that's a rights issue.
2: But they have used clips at times. So maybe it isn't.
0: That's what I don't get. So if they can use one, you better, if you have a good producer, use more. Give me four clips from each episode, and really walk through why you thought that that clip or that scene worked. What was intended originally? Who riffed on it? Whose idea? Less about what kind of car
2: Jenna you were fucking driving at that time, or what Mindy's hair looked like in that particular episode, which drives me nuts because they'll spend. It was
0: the first time she glammed up. So
2: I'm going to tell you, it's been a top ten podcast since they launched it. Right? It's been one of the most successful podcasts of all time. Am I right about that, Zabe, or not? don't know the numbers but it's like apparently off the charts the numbers but you and i could be advisors to them on this podcast and help them out because i am off that one it's just too much of stuff i don't care about i download a lot carol i don't get to listen to a lot because it
0: becomes still a matter of time i mean i don't drive around a lot i don't commute really so uh i've listened to the adam carolla show i love adam carolla it's a long slog man yeah I'll listen to Rogan on YouTube. I'll watch his clips. Me too. His 10 to 15 yep. minute clips. Me too. But the whole thing is a bit too long. And man, I'm a
1: big dog walker. That's when I listen. Me too. Okay. A, That's I'd I do I love to walk my dog. I've been,
0: watching, I've been listening to the uh, Talking Sopranos podcast with Michael Imperioli and Steve Schirripa, a.k.a. Bobby Bacala. Good. Uh, yeah, very good. Very good. And not too self-indulgent. They talk about, you know, the episodes and the show and everything else. I've never listened to Simmons' podcast. I know it's very popular. I used to listen to Part of My Take on a pretty regular basis. See, mowing season is when I'll get back into podcasts because I got three hours on the
2: iron horse <laughs> out on the property <laughs> to go ahead and just, you know, yeah. And yeah. listen to stuff. You know, the podcast that I listened to a lot, if I couldn't listen to his show, was this show called The Steve Zabin Show on radio, it's which got great. podcasted it's every great. day. I gotta... And I would listen to him and Scott and Sol when well, I would be luckily, out on occasional walks. Luckily,
0: there's now this, the Zabe Cast, right. every day for almost an hour, and there's the Kevin Sheehan podcast, which is a supplement to the Kevin Sheehan show when <laughs> you're still on <laughs> Team
2: 980. But remember, okay. the podcast has Cooley and Tommy on most of the time, exactly. which go. makes it different from the radio And you don't show. get Cooley anywhere but your podcast.
1: All right, next question. So it's Maryland and Penn State, great rivalry. I was really excited to watch it. I also have Megan and Harry on. Do you guys think less of me because I got stuck watching Meghan and Harry no, live? No, watching... my <laughs>
2: wife, she, she was <laughs> it, it's obsessed with it. And then when the Maryland game was over, um, I was actually interested to find out whether or not it was worth watching. She recorded it, and she said it was very much worth watching. I have not gotten around to doing
3: uh, it. Carol? I'm not
2: a big Royals guy. I, I'm, not. I'm not. But I would like to watch that interview. I'm not big into the Royals, but I also don't like the people that do the flex of, why are
0: we so fascinated? <laughs> I'm like yeah right it is interesting it's an archaic governance concept that endures for symbolic reasons only and the reasons for that and the rules on that i think it's fascinating now does that mean i'm uh, obsessed no but it, i'm curious about it so how did you feel they came off
1: uh that's the thing i was watching the maryland penn state game and i was just going to check real quick during a commercial how do you break think and they i they never came left off. because i was Fascinated with the fact that she just seemed a little insecure, a little insincere. That's
2: exactly what my wife said, and
1: uh, and I can see why because she's like she's giving these bombs against you know the institution of the yeah. firm. She kept calling it, and then you have Harry talking about they're living off the money his mom left him. Like the whole thing is this soap opera, and I was covering my eyes and couldn't turn back to the Maryland game. All right. Remember, I told you later, did I was like, you, I can't believe
0: they lost. Did you end up feeling more sympathetic or less sympathetic? I just felt. Did you Terrible, feel,
1: all over. I felt no. I just. Did you feel like I feel like you guys are still living like royalty, uh, and oh, you just threw bombs nine, at your family, right? And there's a family d- dynamic there. I just wanted to look away, but I couldn't. That's a, how I felt. I, and see, I felt disgusted. You felt with like myself. a lot of
0: people going, "Hey, read the fucking room." But I
1: learned you have a, a lot. Seven they have figure- an HR department. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: yeah, it's a big enterprise. How about Oprah's glasses?
1: <laughs> Oprah, Oprah's just reactions.
2: Hey, here's
0: the Ooh. thing: they're all monarchs. Oprah's worth nearly a billion, right, Kevin? Oh,
2: it's got to be more than that. Harry
0: and Meghan have this seven-figure, eight-figure, nine-figure Netflix deal. Right. Something like that. They have a $15 million mansion. They're all monarchs. They're living in an orbit none of us ordinary people even understand. So when they come on and want to be, oh, we're the victim and boo-hoo this, boo-hoo that, a lot of us are like, hey, read the fucking room. Yeah. Nobody gives yeah, a but, shit.
2: Yeah. but but the the thing, the racial stuff that came out of it, it that- could, could be li- in it could be damaging. Well, they're already talking about boycotting the royal family. Yeah, um, yeah. Where you boycott the, the royal the family. F-
0: family but-
1: Foundation's crumbling. <sighs> you know, they know they're not needed. They know the yeah. the family is not needed, so they have to just protect the image. Well, and there are people well, like Dan, know, Dan know Snyder what... who will not spare any expense to protect the image. Well, you don't
0: you don't know what they think in Great Britain of ha- Meghan and Harry. They may be like, "Fuck you, we still like the royal." Oh, family.
1: Oh yeah, it's been terrible Has backlash. It? Back. You haven't okay. seen the British press just no. killed them.
2: <laughs> okay, what was yeah. the um, movie two years ago? The Churchill movie. Um, Churchill. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, it was very well done, and I'm forgetting who played.
1: Anthony Hopkins. No,
2: it, that's a different one. Um, I'll find it. It's the more recent one that did very well, and it's one of the examples of. Darkest it, Hour. Darkest Hour was fabulous. Who played um, Churchill? Again, real quickly. I'm, for, I'm blanking on his name. Oh, I don't w- that up. I think he won the Oscar for it.
1: What's his name?
2: Um. Yeah, just sit there and stare at the TV, and then you'll get it eventually. But my my point being is, I think it was King George at the time, the one with the stuttering problem, which the other movie from several years King's ago. Was, King's Speech. King's Speech. was made about, and he had a significant impact. Brian Cox? A, no. All right. No, no. It was um,
1: Gary, Oldman. Gary, Oldman. Gary, Gary Oldman. He, he was he great. just doesn't look like did, it. None of his characters look like did him. He,
2: did he win? I think he won the Oscar for that portrayal or certainly was nominated. Anyway, um, I think one of the real interesting things about that time is that the Royals were very involved in, in political decisions and King George in particular with Churchill basically was the one to say to say stand your ground don't side with Chamberlain, who you know was gone at that point, but was mm-hmm. still an advisor, and you know, and in appease. Okay. All right. My uh, last, last Carol's question. got yeah. question
1: is: You guys are the voice of authority on so many topics. You've been, Most you know, for
0: supermarket donuts,
1: right, for cameras, a very long time, fast food, and you're engaging. You used to take calls and all your shows. I don't know if you probably still do in the morning. Um, have you ever? Had to, or how hard, how difficult is it for you to admit when you don't know something or you're wrong?
2: I'm, to me, that's. <laughs> I would important. love
1: to hear a story about that.
2: Luckily, Kevin's never been wrong. <laughs> when that day happens, he'll let you know uh, about it. I've never had it. I I don't mind admitting that I'm. Have wrong. you ever been completely and utterly so wrong so many times and
1: shamed? I'll like- tell you who I
2: was really dead wrong on recently was Haskins. I didn't like him coming out of the draft, but when I saw him play as a rookie, I'm like. There's something to him, and I and I didn't know about all the stuff. We started to hear about all the stuff um, about him not being, you know, having great work ethic and being immature. But I actually really thought if he played 16 games this year, we were going to see a guy that could play. Yeah, well, you are wrong on that. Well, there, I think there still is something. To that was him. the only one. There is something.
0: Okay, good. The one <laughs> note at a time you're wrong. Part of the dynamic that plays out, and I say this all the time, Carol, being right doesn't matter in this business in fact being right is almost a negative because what people want you to do is they want you to buy into whatever the team's current idea is whether it's a quarterback or a coach because they're fans they don't want you from the get-go going oh jesus spurrier this guy's going to be a fucking disaster i said that when they hired him nobody liked me saying that i was proven to be right in the end what did that get me nothing merrill hodge was the rightest guy about tim tebow at the peak of tebow mania right He said, "This guy can't throw. His mechanics are terrible. His balls are all over the place. But it's a good run he's on right now." Merrill Hodge is out of the business. The guy who rode Tebow, saying he's a baller, he's a winner. Skip Bayless. Yeah. He's making eight million dollars
2: a year. Being right doesn't pay in this business. I don't know. I I mean, I don't know if I totally agree with being right or being wrong. I think the what does pay is you've just got to be honest. You just have to be honest. I don't think about that pays you, either. I, think,
0: I, I live my career that way. You do too. But I don't think there's any upside I think what, to it. The guys who thrive, the th-
2: cowards and the Franceses, lie about how wrong they were. Long form, intimate what we've done forever, which is every day, three yep. hours, four yep. hours a day, whatever it is. I think if you're, if you're not honest about the way you feel, it's just you get sniffed out.
0: No, because you can't fake it. I can't fake an opinion long enough to remember. Me either.
2: Yeah. Is this how I really feel about somebody? Right. And then when you ha- when you feel strongly about something, and that's sort of what we have to be, is you've got to feel strongly about something and have an opinion, and you're wrong. If you really, like, look, Francesa has gotten away with it. You're right. About never admitting his mistakes, Tom Lavera, one of my closest friends, has never admitted a mistake in the history <laughs> of doing this show. Um, but, but, but that's also part of his shtick too. Sure. But I think you gotta, you know, you gotta fess up when you're wrong. Yeah. Well, now Coward is every bit
0: as bad as Francesa in terms of burying his takes and pretending he never said something. Mm-hmm. And of course, this guy Funhouse is collecting them, all of them. He's like, wait, you just said this the other day. Well,
2: somebody's been collecting all of them on you and me, too, and at the no. end of this, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, she We're She never admitted enough. to this one and this one. I'll tell you who I'm going to be, and this is a mutual friend of ours. I'm a big Mark Turgeon guy. Mm-hmm. I love Mark personally. I like love Mark and Ann, and, and Carol's good friends with Ann, and I think he's a good coach. And any coach you talk to will say, of course he's a good coach. Like anybody that knows, but the fan base, the Maryland fan base, is convinced. Yeah. The the I would say seventy percent of them want him out. So yeah. uh, if he doesn't get it done, I may have to admit at some point that I was wrong on that one. Too.
1: I always have to say, listen, my son's like one of his best friends in the world is Turgeon's son. I cannot comment on him because I am so biased. <laughs> hey, and
0: Indiana hired Archie Miller. He's about to be flushed out. That God. was a long. That was a slow ride to nowhere. These big. I names thought Archie played- Miller was going to be a good coach. I think he was really good at Dayton. Okay, well, you just don't know. Yeah, you don't know. Brad Underwood turned out to be the best coach of the class at Illinois. What he's doing there? Imagine if he had IU letterhead to recruit off of. What is your boy, the golf guy? That's the big Indiana
2: guy. That Ron Thomas went after Crean. <laughs> yes, he did. I'm you were never, there. I was big there. Big Ten that,
0: tournament at the Verizon oh Center, my God. and Crean's final game as coach of Indiana. Ronnie Thomas is running after him. <laughs> screaming you ruined indiana you basketball Crean yeah. stopped in his tracks turned around pointed up to security like get that guy out of here and but did somehow he loses his mind but what somehow no, he mind? ended no, he, Ronnie's
2: a indiana born yeah. very passionate guy and he mm. wasn't wrong by the way he, he wasn't wrong and somehow he didn't get booted cuz he ended back up in the suite with us remember <laughs> no, i know he did <laughs> and we're like what did you what's wrong with you <laughs> all right time
0: time for my little segment called is this sexist Am Uh-oh. I a little sexist? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go.
1: What did Kevin Sheehan get into? When Am I a little
0: sexist when I saw this video clip from Allie LaForce, who I love, by the way, former ball play- basketball player like you, Spitfire, good at her job, posting this to Instagram showing just how long... It took for a professional to do her makeup and hair in advance of the NBA All-Star Game. Look at this Mm -hmm. montage here.
1: Did you not know this? Is this new to you? This new information that it takes hours and hours and hours? What are you you you, asking? Is
0: it it a little bit sexist of me to say she's not doing herself any favors? By
1: posting it? To showing how much? Because
0: some people say, oh, I get it. You're just a pretty face. They disrespect whatever broadcasting or journalistic skills she brings to the table. And so, therefore, this is not a good look. For all the women in the business, Carol, that are screaming about, we want to be looked at as more than just a pretty face, as a sex object, maybe you shouldn't post this. Because to me, Kevin, if a woman can't put on her own makeup and do her own hair and be on the sideline, I wouldn't know the goddamn difference.
1: Oh, yes, you would. Yes, I would. Yes, I you at, would. I You'd be like, ah, she's force. haggard. She looks haggard. She's ah. getting so old. I hear it all the time. One, time, right. one time you said to me,
2: oh, in this... What you just said wasn't sexist.
1: <laughs> no, it's not sexist. That just that you
0: are I like. I don't think why she does she herself any
2: favors by posting it. So but you're she, right about that. You know why she posted it for
0: the free plug for PNK Digger, right. Who is her she, makeup artist, right? And right, she right. and that's how she pays. It's a cross
1: it. promotion. She's trying I know, to do her, her favor. And and women. How long do you
0: think that took? Two hours? One hour? Um,
1: no, her hair and makeup. That uh, I mean, because. You missed some of it. There was the yeah. blowout and all the other stuff that I'll goes um, into it. Estimate. Four
2: hours. Jesus fucking Christ. That's yeah. that's unbelievable. Alex, that's, Alex and that's Flan- women on Alex a Flanagan on a, Flanagan big weighing in. A lot of her, you know, contemporaries, her peers, like Alex Flanagan weighing in. Sure. It takes a team. She- Who else did? Um,
1: you guys don't have to worry about this. You put on no. some powder. One time I bought Zabe's makeup when he was my guest analyst.
2: <laughs> That's true. Uh,
1: okay. Because <laughs> he was so shiny. <laughs> right. I'm not getting. Well, all right. Is well this,
2: when he and just, I did your show at Channel 4, yeah, we right. both had to powder up our, yeah. our scalps. If not, it was it turned very yeah, shiny. Yeah,
1: you don't want people to be distracted. Right. And women don't want people to be distracted if they look haggard and tired. Five-minute
0: warning. you got to finish this up okay. here. This might be a little sexist, but when I see Lee Westwood's wife... Or soon-to-be wife Helen's story, carrying his bag. Is it wrong that I get a little turned on by that? Uh, that no. there's both a we attractive know, like... second wife <laughs> and she's doing physical labor. <laughs> is it sexist, Kevin? That that is an extra degree of. Swing, <laughs> swing, a, a little extra
2: swing, you know. No, no I, I, need, uh... I need to see. I need to see her because I'm not familiar with. She's uh, okay. she's apparently this uh, very I was fit... rooting for him the other day. There's um, a picture but... of her in her white overalls. Oh, from the Masters. yeah. Oh, she's, yeah. She's,
0: she's very much into fitness. and
2: yeah, she's and, fit. She yes. is definitely fit. I love
1: that you even think that because then it's like men and women then could be together all the time. That's what we want.
2: Well, a lot of guys don't want their wives no. playing golf with yeah, them, but as so, far as carrying the bag, apparently it's okay.
1: I think that's a feminist take. Zabe, so I, I applaud so, this one. So
2: it's okay that
0: I get yeah. a little bit more turned on that here's an attractive woman who's in love with her man, gonna get married Carrying second time, bag. and she's doing grunt work. She's slinging this tour bag that weighs know. 50 pounds. It's okay
2: for you.
1: What you don't know <laughs> is that By he... the way,
2: how old is he, real quickly? Does... Nearly 50. I he, think he's 48, he came, 48 49. 48.
1: Yeah. I, will, I will bet the farm you don't know what he does for her, which is do all the dishes and I takes know. out the trash without her asking. You
2: think so? <laughs> I'm positive i think they have a lot of help i'm
1: sure she doesn't do that without them being a little bit more of an equal
0: partnership i mean just look at that happy couple
2: right there you can't be upset it's at not that, sexist and it's you it's how you feel yeah. um, okay. i don't know if i totally feel the same way but i will say that i i, I do have some feelings for her okay <laughs> all right last one yeah
0: is this a little bit sexist or if i say i respect holly saunders <laughs> for what she's doing am i crazy
1: that's sexist.
0: Because she's gone full
2: porn star. Basically. God, I've yeah. never been a fan. N- even um, on by the, the by on way, the way, I'm fox sorry. Who is Gol- she? She's, she's a fox. Fox golf, golf for several years.
0: Yeah, he, he, I feel
1: bad for her.
0: Why? She's because living her good, she's living her best life. Here's what I respect, Carol. Look at her abs. Look at her body. She. Uh, puts how can work you not? She into is completely. That body. This is
1: a porn. This is a porn video right now on her Instagram
2: page. No, it isn't. <laughs> no, it isn't. Totally is, por- I'll porn. show you, you a porn video. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that, there. Well, that is that is soft porn. Yeah. At the very least. Now um, she does have a body. You know, on I, her. There's I have. No uh, doubt about I have that.
1: had. Do I've you had think people... she's
2: attractive? I don't think she's that no, pretty. B- no, because she went too far in the plastic surgery yeah. on
0: her face. A lot of or she
1: has a filter. You don't know. A lot of work. I feel bad. That, to me, said that's a cry for help. That's a cry for attention and help. And and the values, to me,
0: What's this are are
1: wrong there.
0: <laughs> what <Well>, that is? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, in a way, you're right. At first, I was like, it's a cry for help. But then I'm like, I... she is working it. She's exploiting herself in a way to make herself rich. <laughs> Without very much talent, she could have been slinging golf updates on the Golf Channel and been laid off well, in the latest pa- What about
2: Paige? Um, Spiranak? Oh, lover.
1: I, I do, a too. A true I feminist her. would say... I mean, she... her,
2: her videos, by the way, I, I think I improved my putting with one of those <laughs> recent videos. Um, Here's what I And were... by the way, she's much more attractive than Holly Saunders.
0: She is more natural, let's put it that way. She is not invested in $50,000 worth of plastic surgery. Like, to me, the Barbie doll effect on on Holly Saunders, I mean, that's not natural right there. The nose and the lips and the face. But I respect the body. She is working out
2: like a maniac, and you can't fake that with... Plastic surgery no, but, and know, she's hustling. You, she to doesn't make
1: money. have any. I don't have any problem with have, what she's
2: doing. She was terrible on the air, though, uh, as a golf she person. She doesn't, doesn't have
1: any cellulite on any pictures, and that is absolutely, I mean, it doesn't matter how fit or skinny you are women just carry it in different, so that's, sure. it's posed, it's filtered, it's right. fake, and I feel bad Are for. you
2: familiar with Paige Spirinax tutorials, golf tutorials? You could learn a lot. I mean, she really, <laughs> the short game video that I was watching the other night when my wife walked in, she said, what are you watching? I said, I, I'm just, I got to get my short game improved.
0: <laughs> right. Her take- <laughs> Two strokes off your handicap in 14 days video. That's a good one. If I, like I would that. have
1: grown up with this as a at my fingertips and been encouraged by bosses to kind of get more followers engagements and knowing this is a cheap, easy way to do it, I probably would have fallen prey to this kind of pandering for attention i'm so glad i didn't
2: you could have done like some dribbling drills some ball handling drills and a sports <laughs> bra a YouTube. but um i wonder because she was a professional golfer am i correct about that low briefly level. i wonder how much revenue she generates from these youtube videos because all coach. of them are in the millions of watches right I a don't, lot of them are i don't
0: see her living in a van down by the river no so there's that all right exit topic we got Two minutes left. Would you like to close on anything? Kevin, thank you for coming here. Kevin Sheehan Podcast, wherever you get your podcast, Listen to them on Team 980 Morning Drive. Carol, anything you want to finish on today?
1: I'm finishing that Paige Is picking up her head there, so, so <laughs> she really. We're watching video of Paige, yeah. so she right. was picking up her head.
0: All right. Keep your head Tur- down. L- tournament L- love selection grand, though. Really selection Sunday is Sunday, and I wish it carried the weight it once did. This has been a pandemic year, so it's kind of like you got to take it for what it is. I hate the Friday through Monday, and then the Saturday through Tuesday. Do you like
2: it? I, you know, I just I was just made aware of that the other day. Didn't even realize right. it. Right? Um, yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Yeah. And you've missed a good college basketball season it's been a really good well i'm in season. now i'm yeah. in for yeah, the next well, of course you are it's a march sport for 95 of the yeah. sports fans
1: i just want to say this this week all we're hearing about is a year ago a year ago and, and the timeline yeah. and everything that's happened i just want to say i don't want to hear about it thank you i want to just put it i keep saying thank about you. i keep saying oh last year something happened i really mean 2018 because i put 2020 like in the this it kind of there was a new york time. times
0: story headline that said when sports shut down for those who are there a year ago, and I'm like, I don't want to read that story. Who fucking cares? It sucked. I yeah. know what it was like. It sucked. And then we went out into the open ocean, Kevin. You and I, as sports talk radio hash slingers, for three <laughs> months with no food or
2: water.
1: Hello, I had my own Hold show, on. and
2: Carol did too. I'm sorry. Thank you. That, lo- that was sexist uh, of me. Wait with a, a minute, lot going on in the world simultaneously. Exactly. A lot. It of heavy, was heavy. Heavy. There's a lot of tiptoeing shows oh, those gosh. days. She... Uh, by the way, this is an outstanding maskless van with no social. We distancing. have antibodies. Is that controversial? Not with me. I've already had, had it. He's had it. Had
1: antibodies. I, I think I had it in January. Not sure exactly when I had it. Carol you haven't had it? drinks. drinks Carol, drink, no.
0: Carol drinks tiger no, blood, no, so no. she's not going to yeah. get the row. Yeah. So don't worry. I know good. the I odds. I swear to God I had it I in I know January. the odds. Right.
2: A knock on wood if there is any.
0: Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you, Kevin. I'll see you at your place next week. What it. day? Uh, Wednesday? Wednesday. On Wednesday, I'll be there. Home and home. Thanks, okay. Kevin. Away we go. Good times. Thank you, as always, to the Palm Restaurant and General Manager Eric in Tyson's Corner, of Virginia. They are open, and they are killing it at lunchtime. Perfect place to go. And if you say, oh, that sounds too fancy for lunch. No, they have a power lunch option on the menu for just over 20 bucks, and they've got a great lineup of stuff to eat, including the chicken parm, which Sheehan got I should have got that, and they now have a shrimp dish that I got last week, which was great, and I forgot about it, and so I whiffed on not ordering it. Anyway, go to the Palm in Tyson's Corner if you're in the DMV area. Enjoy a power lunch with a family member, friend, coworker, somebody you're trying to land as a client, or whomever, and make sure to tell them you heard it right here on the Zabecast. This email from Brett Williams regarding, of course, the C word, COVID. My dearest steed, he writes, I can hear in your voice that the COVID takes are starting to suck the life out of you. Well, the takes aren't doing it. It's just the stupidity. He says, I don't know if this will help or make it worse, but I, for one, legitimately thrive on the information you pass on. I often look up at the things you look up, the things you reference and then share them to my own Facebook and Twitter page. I share them with my employees. Much like any other crisis, the media and our government will not let it go to waste. The difference is this one is a long-haul crisis, so they are trying to use it to maintain that control indefinitely your easily followed logic and straightforward thoughts on the quote-unquote crisis is a breath of fresh air, and no one else is going to do that, at least not in the media. I do think sequestering them to the end is good content management, as the people fully invested in the theater of fear can avoid it entirely. That's about enough rambling from me. I just wanted to throw my coin on the the keep-doing-the-COVID-takes pile from the mean streets of La Plata, Maryland, Brett Williams. Thank you, Brett. So this is the best summary of the entire crisis i have read it's from rationalground.com that's a website devoted to you can guess it rational analysis of the pandemic the governmental response societal response media response etc 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 rationalground.com they write Even though, and let me summarize because I didn't screenshot this, they point out that yes, the virus is real. Yes, it can and does kill people. But the response has been botched at almost every level in not just comical ways, but sometimes mendacious. Is that a word? Mendacious ways? In evil and purposely, intentionally bad ways. Mendacious. Ah, there you go, yeah, not telling the truth or lying. The, the, the response by government officials has been abysmal at every level. State, and well, some states, of course, better than others, but state, local, national, regional, you name it. The article points out that the frontline healthcare workers and the frontline doctors and nurses have performed especially admirably, and I concur with that. And he points out the doctors have done a good job of experimenting with treatments, using cocktails of existing drugs, repurposing drugs used for other diseases or ailments in the battle against this. And they have steadily reduced the mortality of the more severe cases of COVID every month going forward in the last 12 months. And they deserve full credit. Amen. And they're the ones that are not political. They're literally trying to save grandmom or pop-pop's life. Kudos to them. That said, the public health response, writes Rational Ground, has been an abysmal failure. At every turn, the effects and danger of COVID-19 have been exaggerated, and the collateral damage of government mandates and government and media-induced panic has been swept under the rug. Official after official has turned a blind eye to once-accepted standards, only to follow the virtue-signaling, have-to-do-something crowd. The worst example of this tendency was last summer when public health officials condoned mass protests as public health events that were worthy of having. That, That really was when the pandemic and the public health officials lost many of us. When they contorted themselves to go, well, we're telling you not to gather, but this protest over someone who was killed by a police officer in some faraway city you don't even know, that's okay. You're allowed to gather for that. Oh, really? How did we do it, writes Rational Ground. How do we turn a disease that is equivalent to a bad flu into a worldwide disaster? Simple. We overreacted. We changed the way we detect viruses. We changed the way we recorded deaths. We tried to control the uncontrollable virus going to virus. We used COVID-19 as a political tool. We destroyed, literally and metaphorically, tens of thousands of lives with panic, lockdowns, and restrictions, and we set in motion events that ensured the devastation will continue for years to come. These are bold statements flying against the prevailing narrative, but they are also supported with data. And they went and they supported it piece by piece, number by number. COVID-19 is equivalent to a bad flu. This has been said often and over the past year for good reason. People hear stories about a motorcycle crash victim being declared COVID-19 death, and they feel that COVID-19 may just be overcounted. You think? They hear stories of seniors quickly deteriorating and dying of loneliness, and they suspect that many excess deaths may not have been directly caused by COVID-19, but instead caused by our dramatic Overreaction. Oh, yeah, for sure. Seniors that failed to thrive in coordinated care, cancer screenings that went missed, people that felt their heart kind of go, I, someone's not right with my heart, but I don't want to go to the hospital because COVID. Next thing in the know of a heart attack. Are they COVID positive? Maybe, maybe not. We have spent years looking for an end of days pandemic and not finding one. So we decided to manufacture our own. That, too, is true. Read up about Gates and his foundation and their pandemic team that has been doing these mock drills. we got to be ready for the next next pandemic. we got to be ready. Got to be ready. There's nothing wrong with being ready. But they were so ready that when they saw this one, they didn't think for a second to go, you know what? This is not the one, actually. This is not something we should sweep into motion, suspend all kinds of civil liberties, Go into Chinese-style draconian lockdowns. No, this is not the droid you're looking for. Or droids, to use a Star Wars term. They had spent years looking for an end-of-days pandemic. And even holding big conferences, practicing for it. They gave them names. I forget the number of the pandemic drill that they practiced. And again, I'm not against practice, per se. But when all you do is practice for something, that you're like, ooh, wow. This could be it. And then something comes along that kind of looks like it. You're going to want to swing into action. And it doesn't affect you negatively. In fact, it enhances your life. You make more money. You get promoted. You get another government grant for years to come. Oh, you 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 own a restaurant, huh? Oh, how's it doing? Oh, it's closed. Oh. oh, sorry to hear that. Had you had it long? Oh, your mom started the restaurant. Mm, 65. Wow. That's pretty sad, right? Well, hey, at least I got a new contract with this uh, government agency (laughs) to study uh, future pandemics. So it worked out pretty well for me, but sorry about that. Of course, they wouldn't even say sorry about that. They would wrap themselves in the pride of we had to do something. You don't want people to die, do you? They go on to say, and I'll just conclude here this last graph. In fact... We could have done this for any bad flu season. I'll show you how later, but we chose 2020 for some reason. Perhaps it's human nature that when things are going well, we look for an exit. Oh, they were going they were going really well a year ago in just about every regard, but one. You all know what that is. To be clear, COVID-19 is not a hoax, they write. It is real, and it causes real-world damage and real-world heartbreak, but it is not the killer it's been made out to be. Also, the medical profession has performed admirably with respect to direct care of patients, learning from mistakes early on, and developing treatments and protocols that have steadily reduced the deadliness of COVID-19 month to month. The speed at which vaccines have been developed is truly amazing. It's at rationalground.com, and it's uh, I don't have the author here on the screen caps I took, but you'll find it. It's maybe the best overall summary of, okay, so what happened? What happened? How did it happen? Why did it happen? And they deal with the different layers of the cake, starting with the actual virus, then going down to these health organizations, the World Health Organization, the CDC, to politics, to the media, and to just human nature, to panic and the human nature of wanting to control other people and snitch on them and be Karens. It's fascinating stuff. All right, that is a wrap for today. Look at the time. I gave you an hour and 20 minutes today. Can I take tomorrow off? Have I not given you enough content? i got to shorten these things. They're getting too long. Ain't nobody got time for all this. We're here for a good time, Zabe. Not a long time, right? Anyway, thanks for listening. If you did find this ear content compelling, entertaining, and worth your time, do me a favor. Just tell somebody about it. One person, that's all. Subscribe and support as well. By getting Fridays, go to zabe.com slash premium. And if nothing else, rate and review so our algorithmic overlords are pleased. Thanks for listening. Have yourself a great Wednesday, and we will see you next time.